0: I don't know if I remember how to do this anymore. (laughs) I don't know if I remember how to do a podcast. Um, I am happy to report that right before I decided to start recording, my nose got totally congested and stuffed up. So, um, you know, that's still the same. Things are still the same around here. But yeah, welcome to Bad Witch Podcast, the podcast where we... What is it? (laughs) The podcast where we're going to get our wish shit together one spell at a time. So this is really weird. I have been feeling like for a little bit, I wanted to just come and do an episode, just like test the water, see how we all felt about it. And yesterday I was driving through the Sprouts parking lot, which is very specific. And I kept thinking like, oh, I should just put out an episode and call it like Psych, like Psych the podcast is really over. (laughs) which is deranged. And I was like, yeah, I should do something just called like Psych Summer Solstice. I, I might still name it that. But then I was thinking to myself, no, like, don't do an episode because then if you do one episode, you're going to to start doing a lot more episodes and you don't really know if you can commit to doing it. Or like, it might just be weird to put out one thing and then go away again. So I wasn't. I like talked to myself. I was like, no, 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 just leave it alone because you already ended the podcast and you're going to cause commotion and there's enough chaos going on in the world. You don't need to contribute to it. And then I woke up this morning and there was a post in the Facebook group that said, Mickey, can we, can we get it to, wow, wow, I, the professionalism jumped out. Mickey, can we get a podcast reunion episode, please? Seriously deprived. I think I'm on my third repeat of the episode list, maybe the fifth. So I was like, well, I've been feeling this pool, not, which is not the same as a pool where you swim, but a pool, well, wow, my accent has gone out of control this summer, um, I was doing this poll to do an episode and then I talked myself out of it. And then I saw that this morning and I was like, I guess I got to do an episode. So we're going to do one. Um, not sure how good it's going to be because I'm pretty rusty. I haven't done a podcast since March. But yeah, let's just dip our toe in our toes. It would be weird if you just dipped one toe in, right? Let's just dip our toes in and see because I do miss doing the podcast a lot. Like I'm really happy they're all still up people can go back and listen to them and people are still finding the podcast. And I'm really happy that like the Facebook group's still there and we're still talking to each other and like making life a little bit easier. And I do miss doing the podcast, but I don't miss doing the podcast. If that makes sense. It doesn't. That Why would I say if that makes sense? <laughs> that makes no sense what I just said. What I mean is I, I miss the community. I miss putting out episodes And just talking and, you know, just the good vibes around it and how much love there is. But I don't miss the like sitting down and actually doing the podcast and like having to plan it out and find time to make it and all the research and all the notes I would take for like certain episodes. I don't miss that part. I don't miss having, basically what I'm saying is (laughs) I don't miss having to be consistent (laughs) because consistency is something that does not naturally come to me anyway And when I started doing a podcast two and a half years ago, as I've said many times, I just thought I'd do like 10 episodes and move on with my life. And then it turned into 70 or 80 episodes over two years, two years and two months, I think. So, yeah, the consistency, and I think I've talked about this in episodes like Ask Me Anything and stuff. That is the hardest part of having a podcast. It's not like picking out what you want to talk about. Because like with this, I could talk endlessly about so many things. Although after about 80 episodes, I was like, what am I going to talk about? <laughs> like, I covered a lot. Um, I mean, not to say that there is a limit on things we could talk about. But it's just when, you, when you're picking topics after 80 or so, you're like, what else is there? I have exhausted this medium. But yeah, the consistency is definitely the hardest thing. But, and also when I stopped the podcast in March, I think it was in March, I was just like, not well, I I was to quote Dorinda, not well, bitch, like I was not doing well. And I'm doing well now. I went through like some very dark stuff between March and now that we don't need to get into. But I think I'm on the other side of it. And, you know, maybe not permanently, maybe not forever. Life obviously ebbs and flows in a cyclical Hands on. We should. I was going to say we should do drinking games with like our, our keywords I would always use but no because I repeat stuff so much we'd all have to be hospitalized so don't do that but yeah I just with summer solstice coming I feel alive I feel like there's a light inside of me again that's burning bright and not like diminished and, and shrunken down and so sad and it would just take like a, a little puff to blow it out I feel like I'm coming back to myself and I'm like regenerated, I guess, which is interesting because I famously hate summer. (laughs) I famously hate the sun. Um, As I've talked about on the podcast, the sun and I are uh, enemies. We are in a feud, a lifelong battle because it's too hot. What's your point, sun? Like, why are we doing this? So I famously hate summer. I famously hate the sun. (laughs) I famously hate being outside. (laughs) Like the three major components of summer solstice, of Letha, of midsummer. Although I do love fire, as we know. So maybe that's my draw to it. And maybe that's why I am feeling like it's the fire inside me is being like stoked and I'm I'm shining kind of brightly again. But yeah, even though I hate everything about it, I feel really good about summer solstice. So I thought we'd do an episode. Uh, I'm not sure how long it's going to be. I'm not sure if it's going to be a weekly thing. I'm not sure if it's going to be a bi-weekly thing, a tri-weekly thing, a monthly thing, a, a biannual... Whatever. I just wanted to come to an episode and we'll see what happens from here. Uh and also I just I wanted to ask all of you if you are cool with just getting episodes sometimes. It I I can't honestly, okay, let me just say that. I can promise it's not gonna be a weekly thing (laughs) because I just don't have the time to do it as a weekly thing. Um I'm gonna start traveling again next week. I am writing a book. Uh I think if you follow me on Twitter or Instagram or in the Facebook group, I definitely talked about it, but I'm writing a book and it is the hardest thing a human being can do. No, I'm being dramatic. It's not. As I was saying that, I was like, it is harder than childbirth. No, I'm kidding. Of course it's not. But it is hard. And speaking of things you have to be consistent with, honey, you have to be so consistent with writing a book. So it is putting my butt through it. and is definitely teaching me all kinds of things about myself. But I really am trying to get it finished by end of summer, uh, which is easiest for me because I've obviously been in the house for like a year and a half now, fully vaxxed, what's up? But um, I really don't leave my house in summer because it's so hot, except I am traveling a little bit. So I guess that's also not true anyway. So I'm writing a book, (laughs) which is taking up the bulk of my life and still trying to be an influencer and still trying to be a YouTuber. Don't forget to subscribe to my YouTube channel. It's very cute and fun and still trying to do other things and also just be a person that doesn't work as well. So it will not be a weekly thing. I can promise you that, which sounds like a threat. (laughs) It's not. I'm just being honest. It won't be a weekly thing. But if you're open to it, if you're here with me, if you're sticking with it, then it could be a thing. We could just have episodes here and there. Honestly, it could be like on a request basis where you say, Mickey, can we just have an episode about this and I'll jump on and do it and that'll be our episode to hold us over for a little while. So let me know. This has always been about all of us, not just me. This is our community. So let me know what you want. And that's what we'll do. But we're going to do an episode today. You know, let's see how it goes. <laughs> all right. So I I was thinking, is that Shug? Sorry, I thought Shug was scratching on the door and I had to go and check uh, because she likes to bully me <laughs> to make sure she wasn't about to beat the door down and start barking or anything. But I was thinking, should we start with a card pull? Maybe, yeah, for summer solstice and, and for old time's sake. Um, I don't want this episode to be two hours long, but also we haven't had an episode in a really long time. So if it is on the longer side, I think that'd be okay, right? I don't know. Some people really don't like long podcast episodes and like have communicated that to me. But when I got into podcasts and the podcasts I enjoy now, like they'll do two or three hour episodes sometimes and I'm like, yes, uh, put this into my veins. I love this. Because I have a lot of stuff to do all the time and it's a lot easier to like do chores or run errands when you have something to listen to for that long. So we're going to do a card pull. Then we're going to, I cannot say the word "pull." Wow. Uh, Congrats to me. Uh, We're going to do our card pull. We'll do retrogrades. I want to talk about the retrogrades going on right now. And then we'll talk about summer solstice, midsummer, letha, and then hopefully it won't be three hours long. So we'll see. Okay. Let's pull our card. So we got Cordelia, which every time I get her is a real LOL to me personally um, because her card means go outside. I get it. Uh, Joke's on me because I just spent five minutes talking about how much I hate the sun summer and going outside. And this is the card we get. Also, I really like this card because the illustration looks like Cleric Danes and like my so-called life forever. Anyway, so Cordelia, go outside. You have been indoors too long. Go outside and get some fresh air. I like that the cards, you know, like wasted no time in dragging all of us. (laughs) Let's read about her. Message from Cordelia. That's such a beautiful name too. Being cooped up is not the natural way for inhabitants of this existing planet to live. Nope. Of this exciting planet to live. Believe me, there's plenty to see and experience when you exit your four walls and roof. A daily venture outside will not only revive your spirit and soul, it will... I can't remember pronounce soul or pole. We're learning a lot about me today. <laughs> we'll give you hope and faith in this planet's very existence and future. You'll see all the goodness that is in store within nature, the flowers ready to unfurl, the leaves that are sprouting, the birds that hop about, and even the wind that affectionately caresses you. Don't let another day go by without stepping outside, outdoors into this most entertaining and exciting of environments. And these are the meanings of the card. Your manifestation will appear in May or when the weather is warmer. Hello, anyone that planted seeds out there um, over like, you know, the Christmas, Christmas Yule, winter season, you might be starting to see that stuff uh, sprout up and the harvest you'll have from that. Spend time in nature. Got it. A change to a job that allows for more connection with nature. Practice environmentalism recognize the need for balance in your life for more rest and play. Because, like, work-life balance has essentially been destroyed since a lot of us are work- Well, I was working from home before. But since a lot of us did move to remote work, your work is in your house all the time. So that is a good reminder for that. And then about Cordelia. Uh, this Celtic fairy goddess helps watch over the flowers that bloom in the spring and summertime. She's associated with the ancient ancient sacred day Beltane. Or Beltane. Uh, Beltane. <laughs> I say Beltane, I'm pretty sure it's Beltany, which is celebrated on May 1st to welcome the Celtic summer season. Call upon Cordelia to help you thaw out any situations or relationships that seem cold and dreary. So I mean, obviously a great card for what I was talking about, how like I hate going outside. It's a good reminder, right? But also a great card, I want to say cord because it's Cordelia, a great card for summer solstice because we are talking about the flowers that are blooming, the sun is shining high outside. It is a beautiful day to go outside, dance around the maypole, put on your flower crown. I haven't seen the movie. I think there is something about a bear and being in in it or something. I don't know. Um, Different vibes. (laughs) Don't emulate Midsummer the movie. Go with what the card's saying. But yeah, it is going outside, appreciating the earth, appreciating the height of the sun's power that day, appreciating like how long we have in this one day before it starts to shift and we start to lose a little bit of time every day and more darkness is creeping in and just making the most of it. So it, it's such an apt, beautiful card and goddess to come through for Letha, Summer Solstice, Midsummer. I think I'm just going to keep using all three names the whole episode. Um, there's also, when I do readings and I'm like interpreting this card, I always like to go with like, this is the very direct definition or, or message, right? But for... Cordelia, I've been getting her a lot personally lately and I do feel like she represents also just going outside of what you're used to, going outside of yourself. Um I kind of think of her as like a going outside of the box kind of card. So if there's things that things that you're experiencing or doing in repetition that don't serve you anymore, like certain experiences, certain habits, being around certain people, the same job that you feel like anyways you feel like you're in a rut, you're clogged up, your things are stagnant and you want that fresh air to come in. I do think this card also represents going outside of that, like trying something you would have never tried before. Um, like for me, obviously Portugal was a bust. (laughs) Um, I was actually looking at other like countries I could possibly move to last night and I got, went over the Portugal requirements again. I was just like, I cannot believe these people didn't let me move to this country. Uh, I like had all my requirements, but you know what? we we moved past it because it just wasn't meant to be. I still love Portugal. I will still go there every year if I can. But, you know, the SCF could have let me in. But that's another tirade for another day. Or another rant, not a tirade. But, like, in thinking about moving, that is going outside of where I am right now. It's It's opening myself up to the possibilities of, like... I thought it was going to be Portugal and now it could be so many other places. It probably will be New York, but it could be other places that I wasn't open to when I was going through that whole immigration, was it visa immigration process? Yeah. Um, and now I had to open myself up and go outside of the thinking that I had to find the thing that was actually right for me. And that suited for me. And like the timing is going to be right for. So yeah, it is go outside, enjoy nature, touch the flowers, make a flower crown to dip your toes. I'm really stuck on dipping your toes into things like, your toes in the, the lake or the river, or whatever. I mean, carefully, always water safety, always be careful around water, but it is going outside of what your norm is and exploring and trying and tasting new things because there might be a revelation in that. So thank you, Cordelia. Okay. On to these retrogrades. Mercury. Let's talk. Uh, Mercury ends in two days. Now, I think on the 20s. Well, it ends today's Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. It's in three days from Me recording this. So on the 22nd, which is Tuesday, I'm nope. (laughs) Is that right? I'm pretty sure it's right. And we've kind of talked Mercury to death. Like, I don't know if there's much more we need to explore about it. There's at least two episodes about it, there's a whole YouTube video about it. It's just, you know, communication, travel, tech, don't sign things, don't make major decisions, don't text your ex, except. Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck, there is an episode where I talk about how I sold, saw their soulmate bond a long time ago and they are back together, and I am very pleased with that. <laughs> Between them, Kylie, and Travis getting back together. And Johnny Lee Miller and Angelina Jolie are, like, maybe dating again. Should you text your ex? I've really been having, like, a change of heart this Mercury Retrograde. But it may be because we've been in the house for so long. And this whole, you know, pandemic obviously just shifted everything. That now that celebrities are out and being, like, really messy again, I'm just like, "Mm, give me all of that. I love it so much. You know, I love pop culture. But, yeah, seeing these – I think it's very telling that a lot of these romances are being rekindled during this time. That's all I'm going to say. So, yeah, we have talked – about Mercury, backward, forward, retrograde, retrograde. We know all of it. But I want to talk about these other planets. So let me give you the dates. Currently, I think Jupiter went in... Was it Jupiter or was it... We're waiting for... Okay, sorry. I'm getting ahead of myself. (laughs) What else is new? So let me give you the dates. Pluto retrograde, April 27th to October 6th. Saturn retrograde. May 23rd, Donna's birthday, shout out, to October 10th. Mercury retrograde is ending on the 22nd. Jupiter retrograde, okay, that's what I was talking about. It, it just started. Ju- oh, I'm sorry. It's starting today. June 20th to October 18th, and then on the 25th, we start Neptune retrograde, and that is going to run until December 1st, so let's talk about all of those. Starting with Pluto, I'm thinking maybe the best way to do this is talk about what each planet's kind of like traits, domain attributes are, what it rules. And then, wow, I can't say rule either. (laughs) It's really been a revelation of an episode. Um, And then how retrograde is going to affect that. So we're starting with Pluto. And this little, little, is it even a planet anymore? I mean, we know it is. But this little just like distant rock out there. That we've always, I don't know, when you grow up and you learn about the solar system, don't you feel like Pluto is always so discounted? I mean, literally, because they downgraded it. But you just kind of think of it as like, oh, this teeny tiny planet that's like way out there, who even cares about it? But then when you get into learning about it, Pluto is massive. It is, it's it has this like incredible power and impact. So it is this. Planet, wow, peas too. It is this planet of power, of death, or rebirth, of transformation, of chaos, of intensity, of, of like almost theater in a way. And when you start to learn that, you're like, What? Little Pluto, like the dog? Like what that's way out there. That's so cold and distant. We like barely like this little rock floating out there. I've been learning, I've been getting really, really into astrology and like natal charts and learning more about planets and the houses and all that stuff and my my little when I ended the podcast, but then came back. So yeah, learning about Pluto has been such a mind trip. But then it, when I think about it ruling um, Scorpio, and me being a Scorpio ascendant, I'm like, checks out. Yeah, that sounds right. So yeah, it very much is a planet of like power of control. Of I almost think of kind of like Kali, like uh, the card in my dad that I've ha- talked about in this podcast a bunch of time, of just chaos and and death, but then rebirth. You know, it's it's very much about cycles as well. So that is Pluto, this like incredibly powerful planet. In fact, I was on Twitter and I saw a TikTok because that's the only way I see TikToks because I am 34 and I do not have TikTok. But they were talking about so obviously, uh, Pluto, not Pluto. Yes, Pluto. I was gonna say Saturn. I'm getting my planets confused. Because I'm thinking about the next one I'm gonna talk about. Pluto has the longest transit, right? Because it is way, way, way out there. And apparently it will totally complete its transit. It does it like every 250 years. I hope I'm saying the right word for transit. I believe so. Like a total transit around the sun takes 250 years. And typically that's when we see like empires fall. And I believe right now we are in the 246th or 48th year. Is that how old America is? I don't, I'm not exactly sure, but it's like we're coming up on that 250, I could do the math from 1776-ish, right? <laughs> Whatever. Um, I By the way, I was like very good at history when I was in uh, school, and I watch history docs all the time, but I only ever watch about like non-American history, so that's why I'm so confused. Wow. Uh, this is not an educational podcast, by the way. Anyway, they're talking about how we're about to get into like the complete cycle, and that's when empires tend to fall, and we're creeping up on that. And that's why, like, maybe everything with America is just going crazy. And we are going to be in this cycle of dying a death and then being reborn as something better, perhaps. So it's really interesting. I'm going to try to find the TikTok and I'll post it because it explains it way better than I just did. But again, learning so much about Pluto, I was like, huh, hmm. There are points being made here. This makes a lot of sense. So, with Pluto retrograde, any retrograde, we're talking about things that that planet rules kind of being subverted, kind of being turned inside out, being backward. And so, with Pluto, we talk about power and control and power structures. What we can be expecting with this retrograde, what we are probably experiencing, especially because all of these run into the fall and winter outside of Mercury is that we're just going to start really seeing what is in control in our lives and what we are in control of, and things are going to be kind of revealed. A lot of the time we talk about Pluto too, you will kind of talk about like, oh, it being uh, the ruler of like corporations, of systems of power, like big systems of power, of governments and things like that. Does this sound conspiracy theory-ish? Because I feel like it kind of does. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, we talk about power in this like very tangible, massive way when we talk about this planet as well. So it could, it's definitely about our personal power and what we control or is in control of us in our personal lives and us as individuals and in our own communities and families and friendships and relationships. But it could definitely be that things are being unveiled about big structures of power and who really is in control. Billionaires, which we shouldn't have any. But again, we don't have to talk about that right now. (laughs) But things are being revealed because Pluto is, is on its backward transit. And we're seeing what power structures don't work for us, don't serve us, abuse us, uh, manipulate us, use us, and what we're going to do about that. So it really is interesting that we're in this retrograde again with like, uh, Pluto completing its orbit. I think orbit's the right word. I was good at history. I was not good at science. I was okay at like solar. We don't have to talk about it. Okay, so that's Pluto retrograde. (laughs) Moving on to Saturn retrograde. As we know, Saturn is my least favorite planet. I have talked about this at length. <laughs> Jupiter is my favorite planet, obviously. Saturn is my least favorite planet. I have told this story before where, when we were in elementary school, again, learning about the solar systems, which was apparently the last time I like took a science lesson seriously, that everyone was so enamored and enthralled with Saturn because it had like some rings or whatever. I was like, this, you guys are basic. <laughs> Before that was a phrase you could know, oh, a bunch of people impressed with rings and me being the most anti-marriage person. No wonder Saturn was not for me. But I just remember them being like, so, oh, Saturn's so pretty. And I was like, do you not see Jupiter? Even on a mention to like Neptune and um, Uranus, because they are gorgeous, just beautiful, gorgeous blue planets. But Jupiter is obviously the best. And I will never get over the like betrayal of my classmates not seeing that. But maybe for me, as a witch kid, I was like, I don't like Saturn because of the things it represents because it goes against my nature. And I love Jupiter because I'm a Pisces. And you know that's like uh, the ruling planet in antiquity. And because it represents all the good things I love. So what does Saturn represent? Truly like most of my least favorite things, <laughs> rules, structure, tradition, authority, discipline. Like if I was, under Saturn, I would be able to put this podcast out every day. Like I could have the attention to detail, the hard work, the drive, like the, the, like production, production ethics. That's not a thing, but I would, I would have it in me to like be so much more nose to the grindstone. If I was like a Saturn, Saturn, Saturnian, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but that's everything that is like against my nature. I have to fight very hard to work hard. Like it doesn't come naturally for me to work hard. I am lazy. I do blame that on all the water in my chart and I will stand by that and no offense to other like water signs out there, but I like to go with the flow and I like to be chill and I like to let life, you know, come my way and make the best of it. And so it, it definitely takes a lot out of me to have to work hard to follow rules to follow. I, I have no concept of tradition. It just, it means nothing to me. And I do not do well with authority historically, even in school. I remember like if my teacher would say something to me that I knew to be incorrect, I would buck back. I don't, I don't take like being spoken to any kind of way. I think we all know that by now. <laughs> But it, that's why I have the job I have because I can't have a boss. I can work with others. I can collaborate with others, but I can't be told what to do. It just don't, it goes against my nature. So Saturn and I, that's why we have never really meshed. Um, Also because Saturn really challenges you and it really makes you look at yourself and grow up and, you know, go, grow up through kind of like Tough love and like harsher means, and so none of that do I. Does that sound like me? No, (laughs) none of that meshes with me. But what's interesting about Saturn retrograde is so again we're taking all of those themes and we're kind of moving them backward. We're kind of subverting them. So it's not so much like discipline, harshness, getting things done, being hard on yourself forcing yourself to grow up, forcing yourself to face these things, sticking with tradition, following the rules. It's real. I'm making it sound so dramatic, (laughs) but it really is more Saturn giving you a bit of a break to not be so hard on yourself, not be so critical of yourself or of others. We work so hard when Saturn isn't in retrograde under its influence. So when it is, we kind of get to back off of that a little bit. There's also kind of a more individualistic um, trait to a Saturn retrograde, where instead of again following rules, you break rules. Instead of following traditions, you make your own. You get to kind of step out and explore, being the person in charge and being your own leader a little bit, and kind of building your confidence there. So Saturn, I prefer Saturn in retrograde, which I know a lot of people wouldn't say for a lot of planets, but I do, because it it fits per- it per- personally fits me more, and it's just about me. No, I'm just kidding let's go into Jupiter speaking about things I love that are I feel centered about okay so Jupiter the best planet ever obviously is all about expansion good luck growth abundance adventure philosophy love possibilities it's just everything good it's everything I love (laughs) so so perfect and Then we hit retrograde. So we have a retrograde in Jupiter. We do see a diminishing of that as well, which is interesting because it like, I almost feel like when Saturn is retrograde, it takes on the traits of Jupiter a little bit. And when Jupiter is retrograde, it takes on the traits of Saturn a little bit. So it's not as much of this planet of like freedom and adventure and, and good luck and abundance, and all of these possibilities, and, and everything you kind of dream up and put your mind to, you can create for yourself. And there's all this expansion and growth. It's, it kind of slows you down. It makes you stay kind of on a more straight and narrow path. It, it doesn't totally remove the good things, but it does kind of inject practicality into your life, into the situations you're dealing with. I really do think of Jupiter as, like, the planet of possibilities, but it's definitely under restraint when it is in a retrograde. And the retrograde does go until October, so that's cool, <laughs> you know, but that's okay because we do, again, have, like, a Saturn retrograde to kind of balance it out. So even though it's not the most abundant period that we're in right now, it's also not the most, like, controlled, rule following period that we're in so you you can kind of like find balance between those two which is nice but i am looking forward to going back to be like a foot loo- foot loo- footloose and fancy free <laughs> why do i ever try to use alliterative phrases footloose and fancy free planet because that is where i feel like i thrive and i know that we all do pretty well under jupiter it it, it gives us so much and we grow it's like growing under jupiter is an exciting adventure and growing under Saturn is like trauma, <laughs> like, not necessarily trauma. Not that I'm laughing at trauma, but it, it's growing under Saturn is like you earn it, you know. And growing under Jupiter is kind of like you're gifted it. It's it's a part. It's like a beautiful part of life that you get to kind of grow through these wonderful experiences, but it's also a reality of life that you sometimes have to grow through really harsh experiences. And I think it, they really do balance each other out. I think that's why we talk about them in conjunction so much. Why people tend to like compare and contrast uh, Saturn and Jupiter in particular, they do kind of like come as a pair in a weird way. But anyway, on to Neptune. So let me tell you something about learning more about Neptune (laughs) as a Pisces. Obviously I know a lot about Neptune. I've always felt a connection to Neptune clearly Uh, Neptune and Jupiter are, like, my two ruling planets, and I've always felt the most, like, uh, related to those two. Although, love Venus, duh. But I've always had this idea of Neptune as Pisces being the same thing. So, to me, it was like, oh, it's so dreamy. It's so imaginative. It's so creep. Aedum. It's so artistic. It is like achingly beautiful and divine. Like just these very beautiful flowery words, flowery words that I would associate with Neptune as a Pisces. But what I really learned about Neptune is that it is a planet of illusions, not illusions. I don't know why I just said it like that. <laughs> it's not alluding to anything of illusions. And for the longest time, and I, I knew that, but like when I really started to learn about the planet, I was like, Oh, they mean it like this because I always thought of it as illusion and the idea of like fantasy as an, I can dream up anything. I can become this thing. I, I, I'm so endlessly creative and in this dream world that other people can't even like access because my mind is so into blah, 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 blah. Right. And then I was like, Oh, they mean illusions like make believe, like delusions, like delusional (laughs) because It is a very deceptive, mysterious little planet in a lot of ways. And I mean, Pisces definitely, I I know for myself, um, I can definitely be delusional for sure. Like, there's just no reason I should ever think I'll be a millionaire, but I'm just like convinced I'll be a millionaire. (laughs) Like, when I've been looking for um, condos to buy in New York, I've been looking at million dollar condos. I have zero dollars, so I don't know why I'm doing this, but it really is, like, I do live in this fantasy world a lot, and I do recognize that about myself, where I'm like, well, of course I'll have millions of dollars, and of course I'll have my dream home, and of course my life will look exactly the way I want it to, and of course, like, I'll have exactly what I want, and, and the person that I want, and everything will be perfect, because this is my dream, and this is what I've invented in my very creative mind, so of course that's what I'll have, and the reality is like, is it, though? Is that what it is? So like I see that with myself so much more. And it's been interesting that and I don't know if like any other Pisces sons or ascendants out there have gone through the same process, but you you it makes you grow up a little bit to be like, oh, everyone spent my whole life telling me how creative and amazing I am. And maybe uh some of that was just total make believe and I should be more realistic about things. I like how I get these crushes on celebrities and I'm like, yeah, I could date that person. I, of course I could. Which like I could. See, I'm doing it right now. <laughs> but what I mean is like, I mean if I ever met this person in some circumstance and'd be like, yeah, maybe I could. But to me, it's like, well, they'll simply just see me on the street in New York some point and we'll fall in love and that'll it'll be great. Like that's how my brain kind of conceives of what I want and desire for my life. And Neptune can definitely be a planner for like desires too. And so really tapping into the illusion side of it has opened my eyes a lot. Because I always just thought I was so creative and cool. And turns out um, I just believe anything my mind can come up with. And that's not necessarily a good thing. But speaking of uh, illusions and Neptune, let's talk about what it's going to do with retrograde. Which again, we're heading into. It hasn't started yet. It starts on the 25th, which... Would be Friday, I think. I don't know why I'm trying to guess dates. What, who? Yes, it is because I am doing my first travel club on the 24th, which is a Thursday. So it is Friday. All right, I got it. But yeah, we're going to start seeing those illusions kind of crumble. We are going to have like the rose colored glasses snatched off of our faces and Neptune retrograde is going to throw it on the ground and stomp on it. So we have to look at the reality of the situation. Again, it's when we look at these kind of like dreamier planets or more just like more creative planets like Jupiter and Neptune, their retrogrades are about practicality and reality and bringing us (laughs) back down to earth in a way. So these illusions that either we have built up for ourselves or kind of have been put upon us by other people, we're going to start seeing through them or we're going to start seeing what's really there. And we're going to have to make decisions based on reality versus illusion and take ourselves out of this dream world. I mean, it's really easy to lie to yourself. It's really easy to believe the version of what you've come up with and justifications than to believe what's really going on. And so I do, honestly, out of all of the retrogrades, I think this one is the most important. And I feel like this is the one that, well, Pluto's pretty damn important, but I, I feel like Pluto is important on like a macro and micro level, but I feel like Neptune maybe on more of a micro level, like us as individuals, it's going to change a lot for us and it'll be a reality check. And I know I could use a reality check. I, listen, I've been writing this book, right? And I really told myself I can finish it in a month. I have been writing this book. I've been writing an iteration of a book for about 10 years now. And I have convinced myself that I will finish this in a month. The thing that's sick is that I am I might be able to actually pull it off. Because I, before I am lazy, I actually am very competitive. So that helps me a lot. It like drives me to compete with, with ideas of what I think other people might be doing or just seeing other people being successful writers and being like, well, I can do that. If they can do it, I can do it. So that is helping me a lot. Um, And I do get, I tend to get obsessive about things, not necessarily healthy, but I do. So if this is like my main focus, then it really is. I like dive all the way into it and it becomes everything to me. But just the idea that I can write like three fourths of a book in a month is crazy, (laughs) (laughs) It's like, it's, it's an illusion to believe that, but I may be able to pull it off. But however, in this transit, as we get a few days into it, I might be like, you know, maybe you can't write basically an entire book in a month. So maybe you should just chill out and pace yourself and take your time and don't stress yourself about it. So yeah, just get ready for an injection of reality for those rose colored glasses to be swiped off your face. And that, that can be a good thing. It can make you I don't want to say accept where you are, but it is kind of like that, like to be happy, to be happy where you are, to express joy about where you are presently and not be so focused on where you want to go. And because especially if the place you want to go is not something that will ever become a reality, why put all of your like focus and happiness and dreams onto that? There's never going to be like a perfect place or time or moment. So like enjoy the place you're in. But also it will try to remove us from situations that don't serve us, which is great if you are in a job that's not working for you and you've been lying to yourself saying, okay, I can just, I can make it work. I, I can do this. And it's just making you miserable or a relationship or some other situation or where you're living, whatever it may be. Uh, you know, cause sometimes illusion isn't just like fun and, and games and just kind of letting your mind wander. Sometimes it's self preservation. We have to lie to ourselves to get through things. We have to say that things are really better than they are and present them to the world better than they are because, we're trying to survive, especially like in all this, you know? So I do think it's going to kind of like deliver us from evil in some ways and just put us on a better path because we're able to be honest with ourselves and we're able to maybe fix the things that could just make reality better so we don't have to get so lost in the dream world of it all. So we'll see. I Listen, the retrogrades are happening whether we want them to or not. So we might as well just go along with it and try to make the best of it. But I personally am excited and, and happy to see, well, I'm open to seeing what's going to happen with Neptune retrograde. I'm happy with Saturn retrograde because it does kind of like get off our necks a little bit. Jupiter retrograde, you know, could all use a little practicality and I'm really interested to see what is going to continue to happen with Pluto retrograde and this whole Pluto return thing essentially. Um, Yeah man, astrology is so cool. I could, if we are going to like keep doing episodes here and there, I would like to kind of get more into it. Cause I have been trying to learn, but it's like tarot. I've learned so much about tarot in this like break since March or since I, again, ended the podcast, but then actually psych I'm back. Um, <laughs> and I love it. I love tarot so much. I just was scared of it. And I don't mean scared, like, Oh, like, Daryl, what's it going to tell me? Oh, you know, spirits. No, I was just scared of it because I was like, this is too much. And I'm afraid I'm going to fail if I try. I'm afraid that I'm not going to be able to learn the cards. I'm afraid that the cards won't make sense to me. I'm afraid that I will like do the wrong interpretations. I'm afraid that I won't remember the, the right, um, oh my gosh, what are they called? (sighs) Formats. It's not format spreads. (laughs) like the right spreads I just I felt like there was too many opportunities for me to mess it up or fail at it and so that's why I was so resistant to it for such a long time it was simply overwhelming it was it was that I was overwhelmed before I gave myself a chance to start and it's the same with astrology of course I like know about stuff that has to do with me in particular because that's how we kind of start learning about it but to be like what first of all natal charts look scary like I don't what is this why are there so many angles? And if you're like me and all the degrees and you're really, really bad at math and you've always happened and it's almost like a self-conscious thing for you because your math teachers were like harassing you because you just wanted to write and do history stuff and they're like, get your protractor. I'm like, what is that? What's a compass? Why are you doing this to me? Why do I have to take so much math? It's never panned out. I've never done trig in real life. Sorry, I'm having a blackout. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, to see something like that, it's almost like my brain automatically shuts down because I just see numbers and degrees and lines. I'm just like, I I can't do this. But then just sitting down and learning about houses and learning about planets and learning about nodes, like it in bite-sized pieces, it all actually turns out, hey, who could have seen this coming? All of it makes sense. (laughs) Like It's not just an arbitrary system. It all makes sense and has a rhyme and a reason. Can I tell you, when I figured out that the houses are ruled in the order of the tropical zodiac, I was like, oh, oh, wow. Okay. Like, the first house is ruled by Aries. The second house is ruled by Gemini. The third house is ruled by Taurus. The fourth house is ruled by Cancer. You know what I mean? Because we're about to enter Cancer season. Cancer moon, shout out. What's up? Um, but for the longest time, I was like, I, I have a thing where I get very stressed out about like having to memorize things. Um, even when I was getting ready to do the podcast today, I was going over all the retrograde stuff and I've talked about it. I've written about it. I've been doing it for work and talking about it and like knowing this stuff back and forth because I've been looking into astrology for like months now. And I still was like, okay, you have to remember all these points you have to tell. It's like, I get very stressed out about that. I think it's something that's a remnant for being like a gifted kid and all the pressure of being in school from that and like all the test taking we had to do anyway. This isn't a critique on school. I think education is very important, obviously, but I get stressed out about having to memorize stuff, and so I'd always be like, "How much? Like, I can't remember. I think like the the sixth house. Oh gosh, I just have to memorize it. But then I realized, oh, I don't have to realize it because I know what order the zodiac is in. So, obviously they just correspond to each other. It's just one and one, two and two, three and three. And then I was like, oh, that's how I know who rules what house. Huh? Well, I was really stressed out about that for years. And how could I possibly come up with a way to remember all that? And turns out I already knew it. (laughs) So (laughs) it's been a really fun journey and I would like to do more episodes about it. So all that to say, I'm not an expert by any means, but it's something that I stopped being so scared of and stopped being so overwhelmed and I've learned a lot. So there is stuff I could start to like share. Okay, we are 42 minutes in. Uh, let's get into the topic of the episode. <laughs> what? No, to be to be fair, um, this episode isn't really about summer solstice and Letha and uh, midsummer. It's just let's talk about all the things that are going on. And this is the last thing we're going to talk about. So there is a whole episode, if you want to go back and listen, called Hot Girl Summer Solstice. I believe it is from 2019. I don't think it's I don't know if I did a summer solstice episode last year, but it it when did Meg first start coming out? It might have been 2019. Yeah, it must have been because nobody was having a hot girl summer last year. <laughs> well, actually a lot of people were having a hot girl summer, which is how we ended up in the mess we're in now, where it contributed to it. But I think it was 2019, June of 2019, if you want to go back and look it up. Or yeah, it would have been June. Um, but basically summer solstice, Letha, midsummer, is our longest day of the year. And it is when we're going to have all of the sunlight, not all of the sunlight, we're going to have the most sunlight for the year. And then after summer solstice hits, we start swinging back down to autumn and winter. So from Sunday today, when you're listening to this, th- this is the, like, the science of summer solstice. From the day you're listening to this, the um, night is going to start creeping in. And incrementally, the night is going to get longer and longer and longer and longer and longer. And then we are going to hit winter solstice, which is when the sun starts creeping back up. And then we're gonna have some equinoxes in between <laughs> and a bunch of festivals. But yeah, summer solstice is like the height of the sun at its power. It is about the god and the goddess, and they are being married, and she is pregnant, and there is this fertility, and here is this abundant harvest, and it is a day of celebration and fire and power and love and all of those beautiful things. Which again, I hate summer, but I love summer solstice. I I don't plan on well, I guess I have to. I was saying I don't really plan on doing anything outside, but since Cordelia was like, no, you have to go outside, I guess I'll plan a little something. But let's talk about the correspondences for summer solstice, and then we'll talk about ways you can celebrate it. So I guess I'm going to keep going with summer solstice. But again, it is Letha, L-I-T-H-A, or Midsummer, M-I-D-S-U-M-M-E-R, or Midsommar if you have a Swedish ex-boyfriend like I do. So Your correspondences for Letha are colors, gold, yellow, orange, red, blue, green, purple. So when I think about the colors for Letha, I think obviously like red, orange, yellow, those are our fire colors, right? But then if you think about like the gradient in fire, you think about how the hottest part is like the blue part. And you think about how it kind of does go up through like a green, blue, purple as well. And that's like the tip of the fire that can burn you the most. So... I know like when we think of correspondences, it's kind of like an easy thing to correlate to. But I think that's why those colors are in there as well, because it represents the entirety of the flame. And also because it is like the marriage between the sun god and the goddess, then there is like kind of a royalty aspect to it as well. And so that's why I think the purple is in there. So those are your colors for your herbs. You have honeysuckle, lavender, chamomile, saffron, ginger, laurel. This is obviously the day of the flower crown. Shout out Solana Ray in that summer. Was it 2016, 2017? It was all the rage. Oh, I had so many flower crowns. But this is actually a good day to like wear one and dance around and frolic. And so, if you wanted to make one, even just to like put on your altar, those are the herbs I would go with. Um, you also obviously have like sunflowers and lilies that are really big, but we'll get to that in a second. So, for your crystals, sunstone, amber, citrine, garnet, Emerald, jade, lapis lazuli, tiger's eye, goldstone is one that I've been carrying around for a little bit. Um, you know, I gave away like my whole crystal collection because I wanted to restart. I mean, like made donations and stuff, and I just wanted to like start from zero. So, well, I have a couple of pieces from that box I found from when I was a kid. Do y'all remember that? So I have a couple pieces of pyrite, a couple pieces of amethyst. And like two tiger's eye that I had all also co- held to because I'd had those for essentially 25 years. So I didn't want to get rid of them. But all the stuff I had kind of collected since I was in LA, I just wanted to start fresh. Um, but I went to the store and I got a piece of goldstone because it just called to me. I was just like, I want this one. Well, I went in looking for sunstone and they didn't have any. So I was like, goldstone, we'll go for it. Um, but I wanted to say all that to say goldstone is one I would put on the list for a crystal correspondence, but it's not a like found in nature crystal. It is a man-made glass with kind of this like iridescent flecked gold filling kind of inside. But I do think it's a really interesting stone. Because it was used in a lot of architecture, especially throughout the Mediterranean, I think in particular, like Italy, where it was put on the outside of houses because it is supposed to be like a grand protector. So it's all about protection. It's all about like harnessing kind of like the gold, the gold, uh, flex inside of it and like reflecting out any negativity that's trying to come your way. So it definitely shields. And also it brings in like abundance and anything that you were attempting to do or accomplish it amplifies, wow, amplifies. (laughs) amplifies, Am- amplifies? I'm there's an L one there that's not going well, um, the effect of your intentions and the work that you're doing. So it's not technically a crystal, but I would put it in the like crystal correspondence section. So I just wanted to mention goldstone as well. Okay. So for animals, you have your butterfly, robin, horse, fireflies, stag, um, Rin, Swallows, am I missing anything? Oh, and by the way, correspondences are obviously like, this is not the be-all, end-all list. Um, it's different traditions. It's different practices. People are going to have different associations of correspondences for different things. This is just what I have compiled over time and the ones that I acknowledge. But I mean, not to say I wouldn't acknowledge other ones if they were present. It's just these are the ones that I've had for notes for. But you probably have other... Herbs, crystals, colors, animals, symbols that we'll get into um, next. But you probably have different ones written down. And that's that's totally fine. You can add on the ones I'm saying. You can agree with them. You can disagree. It's totally cool. So for symbols, again, we have sunflowers and lilies for our um, flowers. The sun, obviously. Bonfire, fire, probably like the biggest symbol of Letha. Sword, leaves, feathers, um. Anything that just represents like a harvest that has come to fruition. So not like we're not in the seed stage, right? We're in the bloom stage. So any kind of flowers, any kind of fruit, any kind of vegetables that are like in the summer season, we would look to that as well to be symbols. Again, if you want to decorate your altar, if you want to make some kind of wreath or like incorporate them into something you're wearing or eating. Which speaking of food and drink, strawberries, honey cake, oranges, lemons, summer squash, watermelon, <laughs> pineapple, like we everything. Everything that you see grown right now that the earth has like given forward in this bounty of this whole wheel of the year where we've been planting and harvesting and surviving, you know, these are the things you should celebrate with. Also mead ale rose <laughs> And you know a lot of these correspondences also come from like of um, more ancient traditions. So You'll see mead and ale and like honey cakes and a lot of stuff, but I would honestly do like strawberry shortcake because that's what we always have at summertime because strawberries are fresh and they're out. Or rosé, like rosé that has notes of cherry or strawberry or peach in it because that's what we drink now. So it is okay to modernize a little bit. So if you want to have some strawberry shortcake and a rosé, I won't tell on you. (laughs) Um, For the magic that corresponds with this holiday, we already talked about a couple of them, but protection um abundance, happiness, luck, manifestation, strength, power, fertility. And I think the biggest one would be love because this is a holiday that is kind of hand in hand with like hand fasting hand fasting and marriage and ceremonies of love and celebrations. Which I was doing a reading uh yesterday, I think, and I was talking about how we have this association with June as like the wedding month, right? Really June 20, 20th, twenty first is like the day to get married if people are really trying to plan it. And just talking about how it it has become in like popular vernacular to say oh yeah june is the month for weddings because it has the best weather which it doesn't like if you really think about it yeah you have sunny days but you also if you're down in the south have like really stormy um hurricane tropical storm days coming in and you have really hot like wildfires happening at this time period especially with global warming out of hand HM. but it's not that june has the best weather honestly you would want to look at probably like late april may to have the best weather if you're in the, the, this, this area, the Northern Hemisphere is what I'm trying to say. But it, it's, a, it's that, it, it's a tradition that started with summer solstice celebrations. It is a tradition that started with Letha's. It is, it is a tradition that started with midsummer that this was the day for love because of the marriage that takes place. And so it is something that has trickled down into June still being the month for love, this still being the time period to get married and to emulate those ceremonies. But like everything else that is influenced by these holidays, we have to say, oh no, it's because of this. But it's, that's what the correlation is. It's not just because June has great weather, like get out of here. So (laughs) yeah, love is, if you are planning a hand fasting or you are going to elope tomorrow, more power to you. It is a beautiful day to do it. And I say, go for it. I've also, this, a lot of this podcast has been like a documentary on how I feel about love and relationships. And this is where I am currently. I have no interest in dating or pursuing a relationship, but I do have an interest in being in love. Um, But it's one of those things where I'm like, not very, Pisces me, uh, very Neptune, not rejecting Saturn of me. But (laughs) I, I really just have this feeling that if I am meant to be with someone, if it will fall into my lap, it'll literally just organically find me. And I'm just like not willing to date and like try anymore because I'm so over it after this past year. I was talking to this guy who was literally seven feet tall and he was a farmer. He has a farm in California. I'm not trying to dox him. I'm just giving like a few details and things were going like really, really well. And I told myself, if this doesn't work out, I'm just going to kind of stop after this. Not to be like, I'm just going to stop. I'm going to be single forever. No, but just be like, I'm going to stop actively pursuing this. I'm going to let what's meant for me find me. And of course it fell apart as they always do. So I was like, Cool. And I don't know when it did, it just like took any like lingering or remaining pressure off of me to feel like I need to be in a relationship or that like this part of my life is missing in any way. I'm just like, if I meet someone cool and if I don't cool, but I just love, I think that's why I love summer solstice so much too, is because I love love. I love the idea of love. I love the pursuance of love. I love people that are actually really tangibly in love with each other. And I've talked about this, I know before, but the thing that, I turn away from is not the idea of love that I'm so enamored with, <laughs> no pun intended, but it's seeing so many miserable people and miserable relationships that rather stay in that than be free. So it, I like reject people. <laughs> <laughs> I reject people, but I love love. And so I, I love this holiday and maybe if I follow Cordelia, Cordelia's advice and I go outside tomorrow, I will run into the love of my life. Except, just kidding. I never will because I know my soulmate's not in Louisiana, and I would put money on that. I've said that a hundred times, <laughs> but you know what I mean. The summer season opens us up to summer love. Like that's there is a reason that summer love is a thing, and there's again, there's a reason people get married in June. So, if you're looking for new love, it could be right around the corner. I like I'm very optimistic about this. Or if you're looking for the love that's meant for you and not the love that you currently have, I I think it's, I think it's knocking. So that's my little spiel on love. I know you're all dying for an update on my dating life, which is nothing. (laughs) Okay. And then here are ways that you can celebrate Letha. This is my favorite. I was on a website last night or like the night before looking up different ideas to add to the ones I had written down. And one was go to Stonehenge. I was like, yeah, that's awesome. It was just so funny because on the list it was, like, eat fruits, um, burn candles, have a backyard fire, and then it was, the next one was go to Stonehenge, and I was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, like, it makes sense, obviously, because Stonehenge does have a correlation with, like, druids and with mysticism and with being, like, a vortex, perhaps, and with the summer solstice and how the 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 – not settlements. The structure is aligned with the sun and it tells time and it shifts things and all that. So I totally understand why you would want to spend a summer solstice celebration at Stonehenge. I think that would be amazing. But I just love that this list said it in the same way of like, take a bath. (laughs) You know, (laughs) so great. Anyway, so these are the ones that I've written down. Again, take a bath with herbs and flowers that correspond to summer solstice. Line your bathtub with the crystals. I will never forget when one of you who was it? I can't remember. They were like, they thought I meant put the crystals like down in the bath where you sit. So it would just be like jamming you in the butt. It was just like the rim of the tub. I love that. So yeah, take a bath with your herbs and flowers, light orange, yellow, or red candles to bring light and warmth into your home. Place them on your altar. Uh, Everything I say, like you can do individually, but also it's something that you can add to your altar. So I don't have to keep like adding that on just, that's like an understood thing. Take a long walk through nature. Go outside like Cordelia has instructed us to do and just take it all in. Listen to the wind. Feel the water. Listen to the water. You know, smell the leaves. Smell the fresh cut grass. If you go out to like a farmer's market or something, smell the strawberries. We have been growing uh, a lot of plants in my backyard. Our garden, I guess. And our tomatoes have just become ripe. And I was plucking them off of the tomato plant and smelling them. They smell like nothing. I It's when you grow food, it's so different. Duh. I know you're, I'm saying that like it's such a revelation, (laughs) but really when you grow and harvest your own food, like the smell is so different. We haven't cut them open today. I might do it today, actually. I mean, we haven't cut them open yet. I might do it today, actually, but I I can't wait to see how they taste, but just the smell is so different. So if you can go out and like, if you know somewhere where stuff grows naturally, you go to a farmer's market or something and stuff is like grown, like farm to table kind of situation. Or just flowers are just like freshly bloomed or picked or whatever. Just like embrace that scent because whew, it smells so amazing. It almost it almost feels like it like opens up a different part of your like brain or something. and You receive things differently. So yeah, pay attention to your sights, your smells, your tastes um, anything. If you want to go out and walk, obviously when I say taste, like don't pick up any berries or mushrooms or anything or eat them because they could be poisonous. Don't do that part. But if you go to a farmer's market or somewhere, where you know, there's like safe, fresh food, definitely indulge in it a little bit. Um, buy yourself a bouquet of sunflowers or lilies to celebrate. I'm a huge fan of sunflowers. I've been trying to grow some. Um, I haven't seen anything thing happened with that. Also, we have squirrels in our backyard because we have a bird feeder. And I feel like they came and picked out the sunflower seeds and ate them at some point. But I would just go get in sunflowers because they are symbols of Letha and um, just have them in my house to surround me with them and to be reminded of the power and the beauty of the sun. And that in turn reminds me of my own power and beauty. Indulge in a meal featuring summer fruits, vegetables, and honey. We've talked about that a little bit and the fruits you can kind of get down with. Um, That's also like an offering you can put on your altar. You don't have to necessarily eat that stuff if it's just not for you, but you can put out an an offer for sure. Or you can get like representative ones. You can get, you know, little, hmm, I was going to say get like plastic fruits or vegetables that you might want to add in, but then I was thinking about like the environmental impact of that. But if you can find like some pretty paper, Like decorative things that represent those things, you can add that to your altar without having to put fresh food out that will attract like little buggies because it is summertime and summer is the worst, except for summer solstice, which is the best. Uh, (laughs) You can do a crystal massage or meditation with one of the stones on the crystal correspondence list. So with jade or sunstone or citrine, crystal meditation is really where you're either like holding it in your right or your your not majority hands. What's dominant in your dominant hand so it can kind of just spread its energy up and through your body and your chakras you can lay them on your chakras if you want if they align with the right colors that orange yellow would be in the like solar plexus um well if you did red it would be like kind of root if you did orange it would be the sacral and if you wanted to do something more yellow it'd be in that like solar plexus area so those three bottom ones that go from just below like the base of your spine up kind of to around your belly button Um, You can do that, or if you want, you can lay down totally flat and you can put it on your third eye because your third eye kind of will activate with lots of different crystals. It doesn't have to necessarily be in that like bluish, purplish color family. So yeah, those are different ways you can do crystal. uh, Wait, did I say massage or meditation? (laughs) That's how you do crystal meditation. If you want to do crystal massage, you can either get face tools that are made of those crystals. I know a lot of jade is like. The huge one, if you have like a jade roller, a jade um, gua sha tool, that's great to work with. And you can massage over your face, especially with the gua sha because it curves. You can do it over your arms, over your legs, over your tummy, anywhere, under your chin. That's where I do it for me a lot. It feels really good under there and down my neck because my shoulders and my neck are a mess. But there's also ones that are rose quartz. I have seen some that are like sodalite too. So if you can find a citrine or a sunstone, jade, jade is the easiest one to get. And I would definitely go for jade in this situation. Um, but if you can find one that's in like a cornelian or any of those redstones or a lapis lazuli, I think that would actually probably be really hard to find, honestly. i um, never seen a lapis lazuli one. Or even just a rose quartz because it is a day that is so heavily associated with love. And that is the the love stone. <laughs> I was about to sing the love boat theme song with the love stone. And then I quickly told myself, absolutely not. Yeah, I know rose quartz is probably pretty easy to come by as well. So you can do massages with that, or you can just straight up get your crystals and you can massage them gently so you're not, like, bruising or anything. But, you know, just in two points of your body where you feel like you need an extra little love and care and tenderness, try a little tenderness, if you will. Um, Even if you have a selenite wand, even though selenite is more of, like, a moon association, but as we know, the moon and the sun are the same thing, (laughs) (laughs) sort of, um, you can use the wands to really kind of like roll up and down and dig into those muscles and just kind of feel better and also cleanse your your whole aura and situation out and lift off negativity for, for such a day that's focused on like happiness and joy and celebration. Um, you can make a sleep sachet with lavender or chamomile. So when you finally do embrace the nighttime, because the night is going to start to flip and become more prominent now, you'll have really sweet, calm, wonderful dreams, put any nightmares, um, any maybe like psychic attack at bay. You can also add crystals to your sleep sachet. I think there's a whole episode about them. Maybe the dreams episode. That's like episode number four or five. It is way back. Um, but you can just get like a little cotton baggy or just like any kind of like natural material baggy with drawstrings, hopefully. And you put herbs into it, you can put essential oil into it, and you put a crystal into it, And you just put it under your pillow and you, you know, seal it shut. So uh, for sleep crystals, I would do amethyst, I would do... hmm, because it's probably something you want to use from that point on, kind of like using the the power of protection that's in Letha, but using it throughout, like as the night increases going into the fall and winter. So I wouldn't say you necessarily would have to do like Citrine or Sunstone or Goldstone at any of those or Jade even, or, uh, or, um, Carnelian or any of those kind of like red or orange or yellow vibrational stones. But yeah, I would do Celestite or Angelite or a little piece of Selenite or Black tourmaline uh, obsidian, amethyst, rose quartz, um, moonstone, rainbow moonstone, peach moonstone. Uh, yeah, those are the ones I would kind of go with. Kind of think of stones that are focused on love. So that like pink kind of family or the blue purple kind of family, because those are like calm, good vibes or the black family, because that is protection, shielding, um, uh, and like repelling, repelling of like nightmares or bad energy. So I would make it on on Letha, but then I would continue to use it throughout the fall as the night increases. And um, the last thing I wrote down was do a meditation focused on love, joy, abundance, or personal power, because we cannot have an episode without talking about meditation. I did one meditation like three weeks ago, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm totally gonna meditate now." This is, I'm so good, and I did it that one time. Like, <laughs> didn't come back to it, but I'm mean, gonna pick it back up. We're we're gonna meditate. And along the same lines, if you are not into meditating or you haven't been able to get into it, it is a muscle that you have to build and flex and, and strengthen and practice with. It's a good day to write your intentions. It's a good day to write your intentions and place crystals on them, like the candles and write your intentions. It's a good day to burn. It's a good day for fire. Um, a very traditional celebrating of Letha is with the bonfire. I think I have been to one bonfire in my life because I'm from... Louisiana, but I'm not from, like, that kind of Louisiana, you know what I mean? So I think I've been to one ever, and, like, at Girl Scout camp, we would have fires and make s'mores and stuff, but it's not really my thing. I think it's, I think it's a little dangerous. I think bonfires can get out of hand, and people can get hurt with them, so that's kind of why I stay away from them. They're usually way out in the middle of nowhere and I don't want to be out in the middle of nowhere with a bunch of people. Um, so I would say, you know, if, if there's safely like a bonfire that happens in your town, ta- in your town or city, why did I say town? Like this quaint, whatever. <laughs> if there's a bonfire that does happen that you can safely attend, that's kind of like, you know, regulated and other people are putting it on. I would totally go for that. As opposed to that, there's nothing wrong with a little fire pit where you make your own little small fire. There's nothing wrong with lighting candles for that to represent your fire. Uh, There's nothing wrong with just having a match. And if you want to burn off things that you are releasing with this energy and coming into your power and protecting yourself from and celebrating that you're letting these things go and it's coming to an end, then a match works just as well. But yeah, I mean, fire and bonfire is very key. I mean, one of the traditions of Leafa is jumping over the bonfire so that you get good luck, which please don't jump over a bonfire. (laughs) if you have to like jack be nimble jack be quick it okay if you can like just jump over a short candle i'll i'll allow it but even then you can still trip fall land on it knock it over set everything on fire so like fire safety right water safety fire safety are two pillars of this podcast so please be careful but anyway you can bring fire into your celebration even if you're just doing the bath and you let your candles you're good to go but fire is an important element but yeah, if you want to get back to talking about like writing intentions and setting things free, um, I would write, manifestation blocks wouldn't be a bad idea either. Remember how to do those. Um, but yeah, I would write out the intentions that I want to set and that I re- I'm going to revisit over this period and keep putting my power and keep putting my manifesting energy and keep putting my prayers and all, however you arrive at them, keep putting that into it. And um, I would burn the things that don't serve me you know, get, get a fire safe dish and write it all down and be like, no, thank you. This is not going to come with me anymore in life. And I've had enough of it. So that is probably the last little, uh, way I would say celebrate and get out there and enjoy dance around the Maypole, obviously, uh, dancing, music, singing, writing, any artistic expression is really great for summer solstice. And because we are kind of in a more vaccinated world, You know, it's okay to gather with your vaccinated friends, probably. I haven't really done that because here's the thing. Louisiana is only 30% vaccinated. And then the CDC came out and was like, you don't have to like wear a mask if you are vaccinated. And we'll just put this country, which let me remind all of you, America. um, We're going to put on an honor system. So... I just want someone to explain to me how 30% of Louisiana is vaccinated, but 90% of people don't have masks on when I go out. I just if someone could do the numbers, because like I said, I'm not good at math. So I'm still being very, very cautious about that. Um, I'm not seeing anyone who's not vaccinated because I'm still with my parents. I want to keep them safe. I want to keep myself safe. Obviously, I didn't stay in the house for over a year and a half at this point, pretty much, to uh, get caught up at this at this stage, especially with this like Delta variant and anything and everything. So. It is a good day to gather with friends. It is a good day to sing and dance. Uh, but, you know, just be safe. We're still in a pandemic, even though America's acting like we've moved <laughs> past it. But globally, it is still happening. And we still have a long way to go. So let's just all be safe and take care of each other and, and care about each other as well. All right. I think that's it. We are clocking in at about a hundred, a hundred. Wow. I am truly horrible at math. We're clocking in at about an hour and 10 minutes. So not too bad. I thought this was going to go on and on and on, but we're doing pretty good here. So I love you all so much. Obviously I would not have come and done. I'm losing my voice. I'm really out of practice. Um, I would not have come back and done this episode if I didn't just love all of you so much. And I just wanted to say hello. And I really felt the call to do it. I love you all so much. Happy summer solstice. Happy Midsummer. Blessed Letha. Please take care of yourselves. Do something to take care of yourself. When we talk about celebrations, obviously that's like celebration of the self more than anything else. So if you're like me and you just are not ready to be around groups of people, perhaps ever, if we're being honest, then you know, stay home. Do something in your back heart backyard, do something in the local park. Mind your business, because that is a wonderful way to celebrate uh, midsummer as well. Let's see. Uh, Patreon, I don't have up obviously because I ended the podcast, so don't worry about that because I don't know like what this is gonna, I don't know what we're doing from here, honestly. So we'll just kind of figure it out. Um, Teespring is still up if you want to get merch, Teespring is still up. Um, the Facebook group, the answer is the craft, and I'm not gonna give out the email address because I don't know if I'm gonna answer emails because I don't know what I'm doing at this. So, we'll just keep it right here. Uh, if you want to subscribe to my YouTube, it is just youtube.com/slash Mickey, or you can just search Child Mickey, C-I-A-O-M-I-C-K-E-Y. Pause before you get to the M-O-U-S-C. I know it's hard, but just, you know, don't go that far. And I think that's it. So, I'll see you next time, whenever that may be. Okay, blessed be. Love you. Goodbye.